Picasso said, learn the rules like a pro so you can break them like an artist. So depending on what brought you to qualitative research, this podcast will either be a much valued resource or something that will make you very impatient, consider skipping it altogether. Throughout my book, Writing and Representing Qualitative Research, I detail multiple forms for research representation, yet I find both the topics of writing a thematic journal article or writing a dissertation to be the most important for novice readers. This is podcast five on journal articles from the series Publish and Persevere. If you want to know when the next podcast is posted, find previous podcasts, infographics, PDFs with qualitative information, and more. Make your way to my website, marialehman.com. Lehman is spelled L-A-H-M-A-N. And opt into my communications, which are concise, content-heavy, and I hope not too frequent. Explore my qualitative merchandise store and other publications. Qualitative is stronger in community. I think the basic thematic journal article that reports research findings in a series of major themes is important for all of us to learn. Why? Considering the opening quote by Picasso, learn the rules like a pro so you can break them like an artist, what does this mean? So in part, as a researcher, qualitative researcher, this means that we understand the rules of the research, we understand how to analyze the data, how to publish a manuscript, and perhaps for some of us, after we graduate or gain tenure, we can begin to bend those rules, even break rules and create new models as we represent research findings and help reintroduce higher education to ways of knowing and representing that have been lost to us in our quest for objectivity. Ways such as the senses, humor, indigenous experience, metaphysical understandings, spirituality, religion, raw reflexivity, which I cover in the final podcast in this series, art and literary writers' deep understandings of how to convey experience. But to get there, I firmly believe you must know how to write the qualitative thematic research report. This ability may be what helps you secure a research assistantship, a first professor position, or tenure. The thematic qualitative article is, if you will, the bread and butter of the field, or rice, which is the dominant staple of the world, tortillas, which outsell white bread in the United States or whatever staple is yours, cornbread, injera, naan, bagel, chapati, crepe, ugali, bean bread, or the U.S. Southern biscuit. The thematic article is the scholar's initial sustenance. It helps feed their continued work. If you choose to move from the basic first recipe at some point, these guidelines will be a foundation from which you work. So what does the staple need? Grain and some sort of moisture, water, butter, oil, milk, or data, analysis, and some form of representation. Choices of salt or leavening, what types and amounts will change the end results in rich ways. In this podcast, I address the following, choosing a journal and literature reviews. Unfortunately, Journal manuscript is so complex that there's only two areas I can cover, and they are, of course, covered more extensively on my website and in the book. I think that the advice that I give that, that is the least followed is you should identify the journal you'll submit your manuscript to before writing. Heeding this advice will achieve two things for you. One, you'll review more qualitative articles from your field and be familiar with what research is published and written. And two, you'll save valuable time, not only your time, but the time of the journal staff, many of who are volunteers, by not submitting to a poorly matched journal. Identifying a journal is not the same as conducting a literature review. Instead, it is a review of what journals in your academic area accept qualitative research submission and what the editorial board of each journal believes constitutes qualitative research. 
A great place to start the review of a journal is on their website. You can read things like about this journal, the aims and scopes, and browse the aim and scope, and browse the abstracts of current issues, online first publications, past issues. When you see promising articles that can serve as a model, then you can locate them through your library system. So I made a mistake pre-tenure, uh, arguably uh, when time is the most important, of taking an editor's statement that the journal did publish qualitative research at face value. So I received a reject and do not resubmit with peer reviews from only two scholars because the editor said that they regretted they didn't have enough qualitative scholars to provide the third review. Both peer reviews were clearly conducted from a quantitative lens. So then I went and did what I should have done in the first place. I did a review of the journal over the last two years. And in the past two years, only two qualitative articles had been published. Both were funded studies that utilized huge ends uh, an amount of participants. So then this article wasn't typical at all of the kind of work that someone might be able to do that wasn't funded. Wow, I really wasted my time. And so it's from this perspective and story that my review advice follows. So review journal articles posted on the journal's website. If these examples seem promising, then dig deeper into the past two years of issues. Journals do change and evolve. So for example, the journal I had this initial experience with now regularly publishes qualitative research two decades later. Check and see, does the journal have a mix of qualitative and quantitative research? If so, what kind of qualitative research tends to be there? Are the articles highly th theoretical? Is your work highly th theoretical or more practitioner? Are the articles traditional qualitative research, such as grounded theory and phenomenology? What does the number of the research participants tend to be? What is the size of the data set? Are visual and art-based qualitative research studies represented? Rank the journals you find from your most preferred to your least preferred. You will send your manuscript, of course, to only one journal at a time. Simultaneous submissions are not allowed due to the large amount of time invested by the editor and reviewers in, in deciding to publish. If fortunate, you will not need to use the whole list, but you're prepared to submit to the next one when rejection occurs. So here's a few more tips to help you maximize your success uh, with journal choice. Ask yourself, what is the chance of having the manuscript accepted? What kind of time do you have? What is the journal's visibility? Now, for initial studies uh, from novice scholars or from a course, this might not be so crucial. Is the journal respected? So watch out for predatory, predatory journals that they might not even publish your manuscript. Cite the journal. Now, when people first hear this, sometimes that will feel con controversial. But I learned from Bruce Thompson, and, and he has a lovely article. It's a 1995 article on this topic that if you're not able to cite the journal in the history of the journal, clearly it's not a good match. So we're not talking about overly citing the journal to try and make some kind of impression or something like that, but you ought to be able to cite the journal in a natural way. How long does it take a manuscript to be accepted and then published in that journal? One thing that helps with this is if they have online publication first, so the publication comes out online, where it might take a year for it to come out as a hard copy, so you can go ahead and start putting that pub on your Vita. Does the manuscript fit the journal? To determine this, again, I said read the journal's aims and scope. Identify two articles from the journal to use as a style model. So it might not even be the same topic, but the methodology is similar, the end's similar, and you can look through that as you model your article. So to summarize this section, I like this 2008 quote from Barbara Sharnyaska. She said, write as you like to read, imitating authors that you like. Painters, too, begin their training by imitating their masters and then rebel.
I want to walk through just kind of a rough manuscript length estimation so you could chart out the components of your paper. So let's say you're writing a 30-page double-spaced document. It's going to run about 7,500 words. And recall uh, a double-spaced page we're going to say is 250 words. So your abstract, it'll be very specific what the journal says it is. It'll be about 100 to 250 words, but they'll have a specific limitation. Then your introduction would be 250 to 500 words. Your literature review, 500 to 1,000 words. Methodology, 500 to 1,000 words. Findings, 2,000 to maybe 3,500 words. Discussion and conclusion, 500 to 1,500 words. Be sure to check if the journal includes uh, references in the page limit. So one of the major journals I send to, they do. And I think when they do that, they're trying to discourage what I call string citations. So it's a style from the dissertation where we cite every single person that ever wrote on that topic before so we can show how well-read well we are. For a journal article, you need to pare down and probably cite the uh, original writers and then the more recent pieces or the most salient and helpful pieces, not this string. I want you to notice that the largest area is the findings, and so this is often a, an error in novices where they don't leave enough room for the findings. Qualitative research convinces on the rich descriptions and on the quotes. That's where our readers get access to our thoughts, so you must leave room for the bulk of the paper to be the findings. Think of it as how you respect the participant's time by presenting them in the paper. So let's talk a little bit about literature reviews. Isaac Newton said, I, If I have seen further than other men, it is because I have stood on the shoulders of giants. And I would add to Newton, uh, standing on the shoulders of all scholars and what I call mother scholars. The literature review is both an opportunity to situate your work within the research of others, uh, but it's also an opportunity to make a case for your contribution in research to the field. A qualitative literature review's function is the same as a quantitative or mixed methods. The major difference is some qualitative authors integrate literature throughout the manuscript and remove the standalone literature review. Again, you'll want to check and see if that's a style that the journal you're sending to seems to accept. While this may seem surprising at first, consider the last very good nonfiction book you read. The author does not separate sources from the material they're writing about. Instead, it's woven together naturally. All literature reviews, whether they're qualitative, quantitative, mixed, or evaluation, should consider all research. It's disheartening to see researchers ignore research paradigms at our peril. I also call for qualitative researchers to cite artistic representations in their literature review. This would truly make it a comprehensive literature review. So then a couple styles to avoid. The one I'll call it a bibliography style. This reads as a list like they said this, they said that. This style probably came about because there's a typical assignment where you compile an annotated bibliography for a course. And so since we're used to this as a pre-research activity and in the ease of cutting and pasting from abstracts, it'll almost feel like it's a list of abstracts or using older school terms index cards laid out in a row. Instead, you're supposed to uh, synthesize and weave these together, and one piece of literature could be cited in several different topics instead of standing on its own. Kamala and Thompson in a 2014 piece also say avoid what they term a crowded literature review. The crowded review has many sources, long block quotes with little paraphrasing, so the reader can't get to the points that are being made. It often occurs when students aren't given a lot of guidance uh, and a lot of feedback. I personally recall being told, cover the material. 
you know, the vast amount of material to cover. And so I had very little experience in how do I take that historically large uh, literature review I wrote and pare it down to one or two pages for an article. So some of the things to do is uh, use headings in your literature review so people can get to the actual topic they want to look at. Block quotes would be used very sparingly. Instead, paraphrase and cite information while using a few short direct quotes that are chosen because they're powerful and the author had a very powerful, precise uh, wording. Literature review is often thought as being composed prior to the research at this discrete time, but in qualitative particularly, but all research, reviewing the literature again at least before writing the manuscript draft and submitting it to a journal is recommended. It's also an important skill to know when to stop checking the literature. I've worked with people that they keep checking it and checking it, being scared they'll miss something. Certainly as a student, you would want to be sure that you knew what your faculty was writing about. You don't want a specialist and you haven't even looked at their work. Uh, and as for any scholar, as we move towards submitting, you'd want very recent pieces in there because there's such a lag time between review and publication. But at some point, you must stop and submit. I want to leave you with a couple of reflexive activities. The first one is complete a review of qualitative journals that you could publish in, both in your content area, journals that accept qualitative research, and then journals that are dedicated to completely qualitative research. The second is consider becoming a journal manuscript reviewer. Some journals do allow students to review. Uh, of course, faculty can review. And then if the journal seems not to have a student or if you're not sure how to do it yet, try and pair with a faculty who does a review and uh, do the review together. So all of my students do a couple reviews with me so that they can get a feel for it and put that on their Vita over the course of their graduate student experience. If you want to know when the next podcast is po posted or find a previous podcast, of course, you can head to my website, marialayman.com. All recent doctoral graduates have a dissertation in hand. Research articles demonstrate their ability to publish beyond the requisite dissertation. Will early publications be perfect? Doubtful. But they demonstrate you're a finisher, a budding scholar who persevered in an arena where not being able to finish publication is deadly. Publish and persevere. Persevere.